Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. Brought to you by the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. I'm joined here with Ty Capone. Coming off of a UFC... Austin, that definitely, definitely lived up to the hype. Ty, how are you feeling today? Uh, what did you make of this car this past weekend, and were you thoroughly entertained as I was? 100%. Uh, I think we had, what, nine finish, nine bonuses given out, right? A crazy amount. Yeah, I think everyone that got a finish. Be, I think, and, and um, Cater and Emmett, you know, they didn't get a finish, but they each got 50K. So I think the only people to not get a, to not get a, uh, a performance bonus was more Maria Oliveira and Natalia Silva and uh, Demiris Magulov, which is sad because honestly they all look good. The best they've, you know, all three of them have ever looked. <laughs> Especially Natalia Silva, dude. That she looked um, like a monster. Yeah, like seriously. I mean, I know, Maria Oliveira, man. I mean, she, I, I kind of disagree with that, but she looked good. She was, she's a little uh, crazy. I don't know what the hell is wrong I with her. But, um, out. I, but we'll get we'll get into all that, but. They, but all three of them honestly look good, and it, it, they're the only ones who didn't get a bonus, which is kind of sad. But you know, you didn't get a finish. You got when, when, listen when there's when you enter the land of winning ghosts, you you must pay. All right, and they all did. Well, we got a lot to get into, so we might as well just jump right into it. Um, Josh Emmett, Calvin Cater, split decision: forty-seven, forty-eight, forty-eight, forty-seven, forty-eight, forty-seven across the board. It was a very highly debated and discussed decision. Uh, I think me and you kind of, we just briefly discussed before the podcast, we both had Cater, but we are not here to scream robbery in any way. Uh, I thought it was a close fight. Just thought that Cater landed the more, you know, technical. I, I thought his just, his, I just thought he had better offense and more effective offense than landing a bomb every once in a while. And I, I, you could kind of see from the face that those bombs weren't really doing the damage that they may have appeared to. Uh, I guess uh, I I don't know how to really quantify the shots that Josh Emmett was landing because it, he I mean he didn't necessarily hurt Cater throughout this fight right I mean maybe he wobbled him once or twice but nothing like where you were like oh my god this fight's about to be over and I don't think Cater did that either but I thought Cater just landed more I, I didn't see the stats but the stats don't really matter when they judge the fight I, I I just thought Cater won the fight. I thought he won 48-47. I thought he won 3-4-5, and five, if I remember correctly. 2-4-5, and four and five, I think. 2-4-5, yeah, you're probably right. I just thought he won the second half of the fight. That's that's That was my main takeaway. You're, you are right, because it was it came down to that like second round, and then we talked about Chris Lee gives the fourth round to Josh Emmett, which is nuts, which is absolutely Pathetic. insane. But uh, absolutely what did you make of it? Um, and Saudi uh, Amato gave the first three to Emmett and the, and the last two to Cater, which I see more than yeah. more than uh, what Chris Lee had. I, I thought so. Entering the third, I believe um, Calvin Cater had won the second, at least I thought, and he um, I, I believe was minus two something like on the live odds. And I know live odds aren't you know really the best indicator because judges don't know anything. But live odds are, you know, kind of, you know, kind of fair in their assessment. They just they don't necessarily mean the judges are looking at that, obviously. Yeah. But going into the third, it had Josh Emmett up, which in my in my eyes, 
meant that, you know, Vegas saw him winning the second and carrying some of that momentum into the third and that they were expecting him to win the third and maybe take it. He didn't win the third. Uh, so then I think the odds tightened up. And then I thought, you know, the fourth round was his best. I believe he had, uh, Emmett a little, a little, uh, wobbled at one point in the fourth. Um, Sal Diamato gave the second round to Emmett. Disagree with that, but it was really close. Um, Douglas Crosby had it two, four, and five for a K yards. Exactly how I had it, how I had it. Um, I know a lot of the uh, media scorecards were uh, also indicative of that too. But yeah, it was close. I can't, you know, I can't scream robbery. I just, I, I don't think the right guy won. So you know, just a part of that really eats away at me. I guess I don't know. I, I yeah, I feel bad for Cater in a lot of ways. I, I do too because I thought he. Like we just said, I thought he did everything right. I thought he fought the, the 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 necessary proper fight. I thought he did, you know, like I said, landed the more technical shots. He was outboxing him. I thought for large portions of this fight, and it's unfortunate that he didn't win. But I mean, it, not to take anything away from Josh Emmett because that, that it was, you know, that was a uh, gutsy performance by him. He stayed in there that whole time. He was constantly trying to walk Cater down and trying to land shots, and, and he was in that fight the whole time. What, what, you know? But I just, yeah, I, I guess you're kind of right because it just doesn't feel right, though. You know that that that's what I left with. I was like, damn, like even uh, the kids I was watching the fight with, they bet Emmett, and they were like, damn, like that's tough. Like we lost, and then they won. They were like, shit, all right, like we'll take it. But like yeah. that, even they were like, you know, like they were happy they won, but they were like, Jesus, I feel like we kind of just got away with one there. And I was like, yeah, that's how I feel like you guys did too. I mean, I, happy for you guys to win money, but I don't know, man. I, I don't think that that uh, I don't think that that was accurate. But you yeah. know, I feel like most most people kind of just ignore it, and uh, it because Cater, you know, he took that historic ass beating to uh, Max and you know he nobody really wants to see him in the title picture I mean I, I would like to see him against Volkanovski I think he could he could give Volkanovski some uh, some problems standing up uh, at least a little bit um, and you know Josh Emmett's won I think five in a row now so he's he's kind of the fresh face the new blood ish in a way but he's also old yeah you know he's 37 it's, it's honestly amazing he's come this far you know he's he's had multiple knee surgeries he's kind of small for the you know for the division he he's kind of at a at a disadvantage sometimes the way he's, his fighting style is or at least how it was when he when he had first gotten in the UFC when when Des Green was kind of able to pick him apart long live Des Green. Um, so it's honestly seeing him get this far, you know, he's he's probably getting a title shot soon, right? At least if he's not next, he's definitely he's definitely on the horizon, which is awesome. Good for him. You know, he hits so hard he he can hurt anybody. Volkanovski, we've seen him we've seen him get rocked multiple times. You know, I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick Emmett in a in a in a fight between the two, but I, I think it could be good. You know, better than the Korean Zombie at least. <clears throat> Josh Emmett has ha, at least has game changing power. You know, I saw I, we were both there when he put Michael Johnson to sleep. So, you know, anything can happen. I I, I am happy for. It. I do like Josh Emmett. I'm, a, I'm. You know, I don't have anything against him. He has some of the sickest hats in the UFC. He too. does. Got some sick ink on him, but. He gets the win, and he's probably up for a title shot next. But I, I don't know if we want to go down that road. But it sounds like Vol- Volkanovski's uh, going to be moving up after this fight. It sounds like he wants to go fight for the title so, yeah. for the 155 title after this uh, <sighs> matchup with Holloway. So I guess that kind of leaves Emmett, or maybe, or you know, these other guys in a holding pattern. Maybe Emmett would, Yair. Uh, yeah, uh, interim. I think there's going to be an interim at some point. As weird as it says, like, or as weird as it seems, I wouldn't be mad if Volk did that because I feel like he could. On, 
I don't know, but I feel like, you know, as a guy who used to be 300 pounds like he was, and he also played professional rugby, I feel like one, you know, one weight class up wouldn't kill him, especially, you know, he's getting older. So cutting all that weight's going to, you know, affect him more. Uh, you know, he's done enough there. And if he beats yeah. Max again, what else does he truly, what does he need to do? Wait around for Arnold Allen or Mobisar Evelev? Like, he's, know, I think absolutely. he's earned the right to go and chase something like that. I think 100% at a certain, of anybody, at a point. You know. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of times guys do that, like Cejudo, and we're like, you know, come on, man. But he, this is definitely deserved, if that's the route he wants to go. Uh, what happens if he loses to Max? Then what? Yeah. Then, then, then you do they do a fourth? I think, do they do I, a fifth? <laughs> yeah, I think, honestly, you would have to at least run back the fourth, if that's what they wanted to do. Or, I, like, I, I really don't Max know. wins the fourth, and it's 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> then it's 2-2, two, two, and then you might have to run a fifth oh, a back quad- at some point. You have to give what a little buffer period or something. I don't even know. Uh, a fucking five game series, dude. Yeah, the, the Eastern Conference. <laughs> fi- yeah, Eastern Conference quarterfinals. That's what that's called. Uh, the, the NLDS. That, that, that's what these guys are involved in. But yeah, you know, I, I don't. I mean, Ortega is an intriguing option there because I think him and Yair are fighting soon, right? So that that'll be yeah, you know up for grabs. We'll see what the deal is with that. But Emmett's sitting right there. He went from seven to four. Cater Ooh. bumps down one. So I mean, I feel I just feel for Cater because I thought he I thought he did everything right. I thought he won that fight, but you know. the only problem I have with him is, uh, and it took a lot for Tyson Chartier to really get this out of him to go forward and yeah. to keep going forward. Like you know, I, his volume really waned in the third round, and I thought that might have carried over to the fourth and fifth. Even though, which is funny because he won or no, I'm sorry, um, yeah, yeah, the third round which I thought he was going to like look sluggish in the fourth and fifth, but he turned up in the fourth and the fifth. But in the first and third, man, he started slow. He bounced back, but then but then Emmett bounced back. You know, they kind of went back and forth, like kind of like, a, you know, just uh, Emmett, Cater, Emmett, Cater, Cater. Yeah. Um, so I really, you know, I, I think it was the third round specifically where it was a little bit boring, honestly. They were kind of just doing nothing. They were, they were just... They weren't doing anything, no, they, which is fine. I don't want to say it was boring, but the third round, I believe, was nobody was kind of doing things, especially especially catered. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, and that's that's where that's where that robbery doesn't come out of my mouth because it, yep. it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel accurate for the situation, but you know, we keep it moving. Kevin Holland, your boy, the Trailblazer, uh, Darce chokes Tim Means in the second round. It was a I gotta say, I like Kevin Holland at 170. He looks good. He looks uh, like fit. He doesn't look like the gas tank hasn't really been affected necessarily, but he hasn't fought his weakness, which is a uh, like uh, elite wrestler, I guess, or just a uh, all action wrestler. Uh, so I guess we will see that soon. I mean, he's already calling Sean Brady out and stuff like that. So I don't know if he really wants to go there, but. Tim, or you know, Kevin Holland looked good in this fight. He gets us gets us our, our finish, gets us our inside the distance, cashes our ticket, and uh, n- nothing to complain about there. No, he looks so good at welterweight compared to uh, middleweight. Unbelievably. Um, I would honestly like to see him against Michelle Pereira. I think that'd be a huge test for both of them. Yeah. Um, or I, I I would like Sean Brady. I just think Brady's probably a little bit ahead. You know, Kevin Holland just got into his weight class. Um, I think he's fought what. Uh, Cowboy Oliver and Tim Means. That was it. Yeah, and he looked good against both of them. You know, he he, he flashed Tim Means, and then he, he that that was a beautiful sub finish. Um, Dar's choke, and that doesn't happen to Tim Means like often. You know, so um, good for him. 
that's definitely a good a good test at one seventy. He looked awesome. Everybody, you know, was kind of noticed how looked how how good he looked uh, physically. Um, yeah, I think honestly, I think you know he can do whatever he sets his mind to. Truthfully, I, th- I truly think you know even with losses, if he loses again in his next fight, I, I would still probably say the same thing. Uh, there's going to come a certain point where he's really going to have to work on that wrestling back uh, defense, especially getting up from bottom, like getting stuck on the bottom. I think is yeah is uh you know his biggest nightmare rather than getting taken down is you know staying down so we'll see hopefully he keeps working with that um i but like i said i I can see him doing big things man this is a good weight this is a good division but there's definitely some room for him to sneak sneak in that top five top ten ish range and um yeah we'll see what he can do yeah, you know, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, but these these guys, there, the ones he was fighting at one eighty five, were, I mean, bears. You know, these dudes that were taking them down and holding them down. Guys like Vittori are are mm-hmm. large human beings, so I think that it'll help him out fighting these smaller guys. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that the result won't be the same, but you know, I, I I'm very intrigued. I'm very, very, very intrigued. Uh, your boy Joaquin Buckley gets a doctor stoppage. Doctor stoppage. At the end of the second round, uh, Duraev's eye was mangled and just completely shut. I'm surprised. I thought they were going to let him go out there. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, who, honestly, I don't even think he wanted to go out there. He just kind of was looking around, like, all right, bro, as, like, I, I can't see. As soon as the doctor saw it, he's like, yeah, we're done here. Yeah, like well, Herb's like, all right, bro, like, let's get this out of here. Um, yeah, you know, uh, not much to say here. I mean, Buckley looked good. Uh, he's got power, man. He's got serious, serious power, but. It's just, uh, you know, Dariah didn't look good. He looked, like, wild and just uh, looked like he hadn't fought in a while. Um, His striking defense is definitely a problem. It's not good. It's not good at all. And, you know. I, also doesn't help when, when he talks shit. He yeah. said he wanted an easy matchup. He used to yeah. train with Buckley all the time. And yeah. Him. It's like, you know, what are we doing there? And, and now his eyes shut. Yeah. Yeah, this, this this fight didn't do. I mean, I don't think I even had a pick on this. I think we might have picked Arayev, but I wasn't. This was like I wasn't betting this fight because I didn't trust either one of these guys. So yeah. it was just kind of wow. Like you know, I should. I guess I should have trusted Buckley because he absolutely dominated this fight. Um, Demir Ismagulov gets a split decision. Did you agree with this split decision? I, I thought it was a very close fight, but the cards were all over the place. Not one card was the same. Yeah. 28, 29, uh, 29, 28, 30, 27. Sadly, sadly, I agree with Chris Lee here. I thought he won wow. the second and the third um, after a slow start in the first. The third round, I think, could have went either way. Yeah. If we're going to be honest, you know, uh, I, I'm not mad at anybody who had Garam. I thought, I just, I was really impressed with Demir's jab and with his, his boxing and his slipping. I thought he was slipping out and away and then back into range. You know, he was getting out and getting right back in. Really quickly, he just and he did a lot of damage. You know, Garam's face is getting beat up yep. in a second. I know it was a lot. It was a lot of pitter patter shots more than you know big big shots, but that's kind of how he is. You know, so um, I, I thought the Kazakh shout out to Kazakhstan. I thought the Kazakh native won. Uh, Jason Stafen hasn't judged a fight in four years. It says, and he had it thirty twenty seven for Ismagulov. I'm sorry. So uh, I think Jason Statham. Yeah, Jason, the guy from the, the, guy from the <laughs> transporter. The transporter hasn't judged a fight in a while, so he's oh, a, little, mate. a little a little rusty. I'm gonna um, judge this for Garam. Now you know what though. I, I will say twenty-seven. <laughs> Garam uh, aggressive from the very onset. It kind of to a fault because it it allowed uh, 
Is McGlove to get yeah allowed Is McGlove to get some damage off on him? He got a couple takedowns, or like sneaky sort of like where he wasn't able to keep him down, but just like switched it up, mixed up the action a little bit. Uh, yeah. I, th- this was a fight for me where uh, uh, like th- the stock of Guram didn't go down. It-, it was a very very close fight and just two good like young you know I don't know how young they are but up and coming prospects that that, that I do want to see uh, fight next. Uh, how old is oh, we got? Is McGloves thirty one? So yeah, I mean that that's young in MMA to be honest. So yeah, well, he's had a lot of fights. I think Guram is um is a little old. Is, I think he's like thirty. I think he's twenty nine or thirty. They're like right in the right in their prime. Honestly, this yeah, is exactly where they want to be. Um, you know, turning turning the corner. Uh, you know, they're just they're stuck in a fucking absolute stacked weight class. You know, so it's kind of hard to really get noticed if you don't get a win, no matter how good or close the fight was. So, I mean, they're they're going to match him up. Well, you know, he's not going to lose lose any uh any ranking, if you will. Yeah. So someone who uh, this matchup may not have been the right one. Now that we look back <laughs> okay. at it. Uh, Robocop Greg, Gregory Rodriguez absolutely decimates the Cuban Missile Crisis he puts the, mis- the, the the Cuban Missile Crisis has been put on halt for right now there is a stand there there is a treaty there is a standstill going on with the Cuban Missile Crisis because he was put into the land of wind and ghost in, in the middle of this in the middle of this first round uh, Robocop looked like a new version of himself absolutely destroying Julian Marquez not much to say other than that. Yeah, I mean, you know, tough night to be Kendra Lust. You know, yeah. she uh, a lot of disdain watching that. That was a beatdown, dude. Greg Rodriguez he looked beat like the a fucking, shit out of him, dude. Man, I don't know if Mike Beltron is just mad at every Hispanic person, even though he is also Hispanic. I don't know if that's why he let. He's giving him a chance die. to be a warrior, dude. He <laughs> listen. I don't know if he thinks Marquette. I listen. I don't know. I don't know what he thinks, but he let Marquez take a nice beating. And he was, listen, he was trying to swing back, but Rodriguez was just throwing some crisp, tight one-twos, man, just straight rights down the middle with fucking insane speed and power. And he was just tagging him up, throwing a bunch of body kicks. Everything he threw was, like, just crisp and dangerous. He, you know, if he had a, if he had cardio, I would, I would definitely, definitely see him being, like, a player – at 185, he's only 30. Also, and he's a big boy. He's got great size. Great. He's a physical freak. Amazing athlete. Uh, you know, and honestly, you know, he's looked really good. I mean, other than that loss to Jordan Williams in the Contender Series, which is bad, really bad. Yeah. Um, he's 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 came back and he's looked good. I mean, he didn't finish Dusko, but he he beat him soundly. And you know, the Petrosian fight was close. Um, the Park fight was. He, he got a little. It was a little dangerous, um, but he beat the shit out of Josh Fremd on the LFA. That win looks really good. Um, we'll see what he can do. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of him. I'll tell you what, man. If this version of RoboCop shows up every weekend, then you're in for a fucking tough night. Uh, you know, and it, absolutely. I mean, I guess you know your head's not going to be as large as Julian Marquez's <sighs> is because he's got a big head, big target there to hit. But good performance from. Uh, Robo Company was rewarded with a fifty thousand, like, like we said, like everyone else was apparently on this. What card. about uh, him and Joaquin Buckley next, or Chidi and Jukani, or Phil Hall? Some let's, of that. Let's do a lot it. Of violence, dude. dude. You could do a lot of uh, one eighty five. Listen, you know, at the top you have Izzy and then a bunch of guys that he's beaten. But after that, once you get out of the top ten, which is funny enough, you got Andre Muniz, you got Nazardine Imavov, even Shabazzian, who's young, 
Brad Tavares, there's no walk in the park. Chris Curtis, Alex Pereira, Brennan Allen, Bruno Silva, Drickus Duplessis, Mahmoud Muradov, the young kid, Phil Halls, Anthony Hernandez, Chidi Andrukani. Like you got, all, you got killers. Savages. Roman Dele- Roman Delize, who we're going to get to in a little bit. Um, Albert, you know, Derive isn't even that bad. Um, De Jerico, like oh, your Trotsky. cousin. Yeah, my my boy Alessio. Um, Nick Maximoff, your boy. Yeah. Uh, no, but that there's a lot of dangerous activity going on in the middle of that uh, middleweight division. Yeah, you're not wrong. And speaking of the land of wind and ghosts, Adrian Yanez sends your boy, Tony Kelly, to the <laughs> land of wind and ghosts in, in the middle of this first round here. Uh, uh, let's just, Tony Kelly did not look like he wanted anything to do with this. Continued to shit talk on Instagram afterwards. Just one of those uh, oh my God, that was deranged terrible. lunatics that, that fights in mixed martial arts. You know, hey, man, by all means. I loved Yanez knocking him out and then flipping him the double bird as, as he's getting up. It was it was awesome. It, you know, I, I don't know who was ref in that fight, but he let 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 the guy get killed. I think Curry Hatley. Yeah. Curry Hatley was Curry, like, yeah. he's just letting <laughs> Curry him get Hatley murdered. Was like, Listen, I, I have social media. I'm gonna let this go on a little longer. Yeah, let's make sure this thing gets deserve. finished, dude. Yeah, so I'm it, not mad at him for that, but not at all. You know, question, questionable <laughs> I mean, decision. Then he part. kicks him in the head. You know, it's like. <laughs> All right, but if anyone deserved it, it was Tony Kelly. And yeah, uh, good for Yanez. Yanez is awesome, man. We, we've talked about that on here where we want to see him fight O'Malley or somebody like that next. His box is amazing. It's man. incredible. I just love watching him strike. I love the pressure he puts on people, and he just makes dudes uncomfortable in the octagon, and it's it's a, it's a sight to see. I would like to see him fight somebody that has better hands than what we were seeing this weekend, but we'll see. We will see. Uh, great win for Yanez. Yeah, uh, listen, you know, Cash they can run it back too. if Tony Kelly if Tony Kelly wants to run it back, they can run it back. I'm fine with that. We'll get the same result. I'm completely okay with that. Good weekend for us, though, for the, our inside the distance bets. We, you know, we love to bet them, and uh, a lot of them <laughs> yeah, did wind up cashing out. If you had a nine leg inside the distance parlay, cash that the fuck out. You'll retire. Natalia Silva. So we, that was the main card. We're now in the prelims. Natalia Silva uh, destroyed Joe Juravicious. Um, thirty twenty six, thirty twenty six. I mean, I gotta say, I'm I I want to put uh you know a chest pad on this one. This one's on me. I gotta take blame for this one because I, I didn't realize how bad Jasmine's hands were. They 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 are not good. Rough. That's one of the worst strike. I've never. I, I'm I'm not gonna say never, but in the UFC, I haven't seen a woman strike that bad in a long time. Sarah, Even Sarah a man. Alpar would disagree. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like you know, I, you could get. Plenty, even dudes, you know, Ben Askren's hands are brutal, but at least he would fucking take you down, you know, like uh, this one. Well, she tried. Uh, promise yeah. she could. I mean, she wasn't Chris even getting Lee close. gave round two uh, 10-8, and I kind of didn't disagree with that at all. No, so me not and Chris at all. Lee are seeing, seeing eye to eye, and I don't like it. The That's other concerning. The did not. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Uh, Joel Ojeda and John Shorley, never heard of them. Never they heard of them. Give, they didn't give a 10-8. Um yeah, dude, Natalia Silva, I mean, I think DC was talking about it, how there was, like, limited tape, and he didn't really know what to expect. And, I mean, I, obviously, we didn't either. We, uh, we just didn't know much about her. And, you know, I, I hate to, like, jump to conclusions, but, you know, I saw her record was 12-5, and five, and she beat a bunch of uh, a bunch of girls in the uh, in jungle fight, like we were talking about. Yep. And, you know, a lot of things goes on, goes on in jungle fight. And I saw a couple arm bars and arm locks. So I was like, okay, she obviously likes likes doing that, and she lost to Marina Rodriguez, but it was a decision. 
Um, so I just assumed that she didn't really have hands or maybe she had decent hands. She was just tough, man. She is, she has more than hands. Her boxing's good. And you know, she, she does a lot of moving and she doesn't really get tired, which, you know, is saying something. And she's only what, 24, 25. So she's pretty young. <clears throat> but she hadn't fought in three 20- years. That, that, that yeah. was the, remember we talked about that before the that's, podcast, like before the fight. We were that's like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we're like, yo, she's getting set up. That's what my big thing was. I was like, <laughs> you haven't fought in three years. You're gonna fight in the UFC off a girl who just took like a big dub, like you know, not a huge W, but yeah. against local uh, OnlyFans star uh, Kate Hansen. So it's, you know, I, I, I she looked incredible though. I, I, it's more yeah, of a man. she looked great as opposed to. I mean, Jasmine did not look good, but it wasn't like no, you know, no head movement. She's kind of just standing there. Oh God, I don't. Uh, mean, it's. But- Silla, though, her hands look good. Her Muay Thai, she had good kicks, uh, good good leg kicks. Um, I'm, I'm just assuming her ground game is really good. She goes for arm, arm bars are her thing. And the fact that she's, you know, boxing like that is like, whoa, wait a minute. I'd like to see her get um, maybe Melissa Gatto. I don't know if that's too – I don't think that's too big of a step up. Two young Brazilians, uh, Gatto coming off a loss to Tracy Cortez. I, I think that would be a really good fight. She uh, probably pieces her. Maybe maybe J.J. Aldridge. I'm in. Um, I'm really – I'm really interested to see what she can do there going forward, honestly. And flyweight's kind of uh, wide open towards that, uh, you know, middle middle section of it. The, the top's kind of solidified per se, but you know, well, once you get, you know, she can work. There's plenty of room for you to work your way up in that in that flyweight division. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at Erin Blanchfield. She's you know creeping her way up. She's only three and zero in the UFC, but exactly. she's making waves. Uh, she subbed JJ Aldridge after a shaky, shaky first round. So, you know, if this chick came out here and smacked around J.J. Aldridge's next fight, you know, I think she'd get noticed. Uh, speaking of the land of wind and ghost, uh, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I know for all you people who hate the land of wind and ghost, you're going to hear that eight times this this fight. The Shadow Realm, the, uh, the just anything to put into the basement. I don't know what, what the term you want to use with. But Court McGee I had got another one, but I I'll, lost it. I'll tell you what, Court McGee got sent to that place, okay, the place that we don't speak of, all right, because he got knocked unconscious by Jeremiah Wells <laughs> at one minute and thirty seconds into this fight. Wells didn't look like he was ready to knock someone out. It didn't look like those hands were very crisp. Uh, it, you know, it looked like he was going to be trying to get that takedown, and I think that 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 take, you know, Court McGee thought he was safe, and he got hit with this looping bomb of a left hand and got. Put, just got put in a coffin, dude. He just uh, – it was about as clean as it gets, knocked out cold, uh, you know, f- a couple shots to finish it off. Jeremiah Wells with another W and cashes our ticket for us. Yeah. Listen, if this dude wasn't 30, 35, 36, whatever he is, he'd be a top prospect. And I'd be all the fuck in. I mean, his wrestling is is like his bread and butter. But, dude, he has dynamite in those hands. I mean, he knocked out – he knocked Worley Alves uh, down and out with a right right hook, and then uh, in the middle of an exchange with Corbin McGee, he, sta- he stand switches and then comes across yeah. with a left hook and just bombs him, dude. That was nuts. That doesn't happen to Corbin McGee. I had money on Corbin McGee because I thought, you know, yeah, he loses Condit, Brady, Diego Lima, sure, you know, whatever. But uh, he's, he had two good wins in a row. I mean, he, he Corbin McGee had a bunch of decisions up. The last time he got finished was Ponzinibbio, and that was. Prime Ponzinibbio. Before that, uh, I think that was his only the only time he ever been finished. Yeah, he's been fighting since goddamn two thousand and seven. 
And he fought Jeremy Horn in 2007. Jeremy Horn at that point had like 105 fights and he had six. Like, you know, like what? Like he's been fighting forever against all these kind of crazy dudes in all kinds of areas of the, of the world, except for jungle fight. And, you know, nobody's ever done that to him. So that just shows you, you know, how good Jeremiah Wells can be. He definitely has that potential. It just, he's just a little old, you know, I don't, his cardio could be an issue, but you know, everybody has cardio problems, honestly. Um, and especially a welterweight, he's not fighting any of the top guys yet, but man, I, you know, you put him in there with anybody. I'll, I'll take my chance with Jeremiah. Wells. shout out to Philly. Shout out to Philly. Shout out to Daniel Gracie and the boys over there. They get another W and they're still undefeated in the UFC, which is pretty oh, crazy. Wow. Uh, Ricardo Hamos put your boy Danny Chavez into the land of wind and ghost as well with a spinning back elbow that was about as clean as it fucking gets, man. That was that was awesome, uh, and kind of just knocked him out standing up, and then put him out. You know the knockout's bad when the guy gets up and is like, "Why did you stop the fight?" And it's like, bro, just just to do a favor and go look at the screen, please. Uh, and you see the guy look, and he's like, "Oh my god, like well, I got hit with that." Like you're like, "Yeah, brother, you 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 went you went out. You were you were out cold." And Good. I mean, Ricardo Hamas catches another ticket for us. That This was a good weekend for us with the inside the distance bets, and that was another one. Uh, so I believe there's five spinning back elbow knockouts in UFC history. Um, he has count? two of them. He has two of them. Yes, the Yair one does count against uh, Green Zombie. Yeah, that, I mean, I guess. Um, that was else? like a fucking uppercut elbow from the fucking bottom. But yeah, uh, Ricardo Ramos has two of the five, just, just crazy. The other one he did that to was Eamon Zahavi, and that dude, I don't, I think he's still sleeping. So, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, shout out to Danny Chavez uh, taking a fat L. Uh, he will not be back. You think he's gonna? He's on cut watch. Yeah, he might be on cut watch. I saw Timor Valley might have gotten cut. I saw that. I hope it was bullshit. That's I, what I, like I, a, I see the UFC like that that fighter watch uh, account, and I, yeah, sometimes yeah. they're right, sometimes they're wrong, but. Uh, I don't Sometimes know. they just they they're negotiating a new contract. Yeah, and they just take them off the website real quick, which that yeah. that would be unfortunate though, because I think he's definitely a UFC fighter. But oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, someone who we didn't think was a UFC fighter going into this fight, Maria Oliveira gets a W, and you would have thought she won the national championship of of everything after she won this <laughs> fight. But I mean, rightfully so. <laughs> I, she probably thought she didn't win because she kind of gassed out towards the end. Uh, lots of you know, random kicks and just not, you know, not much power behind it, but it was enough offense to get the job done. Um, yeah, this one, this one hurt because I thought I thought we were yeah. gonna get, I thought we were gonna get Glory de, pa- de Paula to, on this one, but uh, I she, thought she she's on the Do Not Bet list. Yeah, she might be on the Cut Watch list too. I, I so I, I guess I would have to rewatch it, even though I, I don't know if I really want to. Uh, I thought the, I thought maybe the first two rounds. Uh, I thought I had for Gloria, but looking at the judges, they, uh, the one who gave it to her had two and three for her. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, the scorecards were kind of all over the place. It was a weird fight. Very weird. And it was close, but just, just odd. Maria Oliveira was fighting like a psychopath. Screaming. Came out and screaming at her in the beginning. <laughs> and tried to kill her. She definitely won the first yeah. round. Yeah. And she probably won the third too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Gloria let, let us down again. No surprise. That's kind of, we, we got to blame ourselves at a certain point when, you know, when you leave like a steak on the table and your dog jumps up and gets it, you're like, you know what, I should, I should just shouldn't have left that steak there. And that's kind of 
how I feel right now. And uh, at this at this point of the show, uh, I want to take a moment of silence, and I want to uh, I want I want to honor somebody who has been a source of income for me for a good year and a half to two years now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Eddie Wineland, dude, has called it quits. His career, God. his career has come to an end. His handlebar mustache is over. The pride of, of Chesterton, Indiana, has yeah. called it quits. After, I mean, almost 20 years in action, he ends it after getting TKO'd in 59 seconds by Cody Stamen. Uh, I mean, listen, the patron saint of the land of wind and ghost will go sit at his rightful seat at the throne now. And he will uh, watch above all of these people who are going to meet him. In the land of wind and ghost, and uh, Cody Stamen with a one of the most predictable outcomes you could have imagined coming into this fight, plus one forty on, on on Fanduel, which was about the biggest deal. I, I wish I would have sold my car and put that on it because that's crazy. I couldn't. I can't imagine. I don't know why I didn't, but I don't think you'll ever get as big of a lock as that one was. He just can't take a shot, man. And I'm glad he's retiring for his own brain health. Yeah, well, I mean, when you're, you're out here getting smoked by John Castaneda, who, you know, looked really good. Sexy Mexi definitely has some hands and can do some things. But when you're out here getting smoked by him, you know, I think it's probably time to call it quits. Uh, one minute is all he needed. I mean, he landed, like, one big shot, and then that was pretty much it. Shot to Cody Steeman first uh, finish in the UFC. Yeah, Cody Steeman definitely needed a W, and shot to his cousin that you uh, yeah. watched that fight with. Uh, yep. <laughs> I'm sure he was happy. <laughs> Phil Hall freaking out. Phil Hall is uh, one and one this weekend. Uh, he takes out Deron Wynn with a with a, a couple elbows, broke his orbital, really just dominated Deron Wynn, and then took an L to DC in the middle of the octagon after he <laughs> was talking shit to him. And DC said, "Be respectful, young man. Be respectful." <laughs> he said, "Don't do that." And then he interviewed him after. Yeah, it's because DC's a, a true professional. You know, that's just what he is. Obviously, he's eating on the mic and everything like that. But you know, he, he's Listen, a, I, getting drunk before the biggest fight of the. You know, I don't think I, I don't think DC like. You know, I think there's a little bit of truth to what Halls is saying. Like, I'm sure DC is in Deron Winden's ear and like trying to help him out. I mean, that's his fighter. You know, what I mean, like, why wouldn't he? Absolutely. I don't know, I, but I don't think there was like I don't know if he's matchmaking one and two. I don't know. You know, if he's going to call the fight, he's going to try at least his best to to keep it coy. And you know, I, don't, I thought he did well. I mean, he was complimenting Phil Hall's the whole time. But how, you know, how could you? I mean, he dominated for almost ten minutes. Yeah. You know, he was just beating the fuck out of Deron Wynn. And it was another one, Deron Wynn. You know, when he when uh, Herb Dean mercifully finally stepped in, um, Deron Wynn was like, he like made this face like, oh come on, man, and then he fell to his knees and. Um, was kind of you know let let out the yeah. uh, the exhaustion once the fight's over you know you kind of collapse collapse into a ball of exhaustion after getting punched that many fucking times in it. I mean he was jabbing him with his elbow you know he's just he I, you know he was firing back too which is the funny part he, he hit Phil Halls with a couple times there was one right hand he hit him with clean and if there's one thing to question about Phil Halls it's his chin but he uh, he kept pushing so you know shout out to him he looked really good. 
throw and win try, but he's, you know, five foot one middleweight. I just don't think it's going to work. No, uh, I'm not a big uh, Deron Wynn guy. I don't think I ever will be. Uh, he's lost me so much money in the past, and I was able to cash out on his behalf this weekend. So we will take it where we get it. Uh, this one was a, one we did not win on. Well, at least I didn't. Uh, I, I think you had Kyle Dawkins as well, but he Kyle Dawkins gets put to the shadow realm as well with a, with a knee, a clinch knee, and then punches to follow it up. Uh, I mean, how about your boy Roman, man? Yeah, I mean, the Caucasian, uh, I guess that's his nickname. <clears throat> Interesting. Looked good. Yeah, very. Looked good. I mean, that <clears throat> that knee was loud. Like, oh, yeah. It's not like a gunshot. I mean, whole, the camera was shit. right there, man. That, that thing, that we, <laughs> we got we got the full experience of that one. Yeah. Um, no, he looked, it was short, so I can't really say too much, but yeah, what a, what a performance. <clears throat> what a way to start the car. I mean, once that happened, you're like, all right. I think there's going to be some blood spilled. The land will pick up some new uh, some new members tonight. Welcome to the land of wind and ghosts. Now, uh, listen, the land of wind and ghosts had some members enter in the club this weekend. And shout out to everyone who sent people to land of wind and ghosts. Kevin Holland, well, technically not, but you know what I mean. These are people who won performance of, yeah. tonight. Joaquin Buckley, RoboCop, Adrian Yanez. Jeremiah Wells, Ricardo Hamos, Cody Stamen, Phil Hawes, and our boy Roman Doladitz, I believe is how you say Dol- his name. Dolidze. Dolidze, there you go. And then fight of the night was Josh Emmett and Calvin Cater, which probably rightfully so. That was an entertaining-ass fight, man. Yep. So, uh, Marie Oliveira, um, Natalia Silva, Demiris, Ismagulov, you guys can go fuck yourselves. I also saw the people that the I hate the tweets that the UFC puts on the side of the fights. So they were saying like not not much going on here during the cater and amendment uh, <laughs> fight. I'm like, you're just an asshole, dude. Like, who who is yeah. putting this on here? Like, dude, this is an entertaining fight. These guys are fucking throwing bombs at each other, and you're like, ah, oh, well, you know, they're not. No one's brains are leaking out of the side of their head. So it's like, come on, bro. Uh-uh. The best part is when you see like random athletes tweeting and they're like can't wait to see what happens at ufc austin you're like wait what the hell is benny logan doing watching ufc like what (laughs) you know you're like what the hell you know Chaz henry is tweeting about ufc 276 you know what the fuck's going on yeah why is jason bateman watching the ufc like (laughs) don't you have something better to do dude yeah then you just next tweets rashad bateman you're like wait what yeah what what? these auto you guys making these up Wow. All right. So I guess do you, is there any, do you want to talk quickly? I mean, there's not much, I don't really care for uh, Bellator this weekend. Uh, I mean, this is a nice card in Bellator standards. I'm going Musasi. I mean, I'm going all favorites on this card pretty much. So except Magomed Magomedov, cause I don't, I don't like him, but uh, <laughs> you don't like him. No, nah, he's, I think he's lost me some money in the past. He should have finished somebody and he didn't. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't fuck with you now. Uh, Brennan Ward. That, that's an Irishman, right? They love yeah, he's putting, like Cassius Kane. Yeah, they, they love putting those guys on there. And, and Brent, <laughs> Brent Primus, he's plus 185. Uh, wow, Shabali. Sh- your girl Sh- Pam Sorensen's getting in there. Uh, yeah, I like yo Pam Sorensen plus 200, money line. Rat. Katzengato. Yeah, yeah, rat, rat garbage. <laughs> rat garbage is getting in there. Mandel Nalo. Um, yo, that's the craziest nickname I ever heard in my life, dude. <laughs> rat garbage. <laughs> 
Um, Lucas Brennan, the son of Chris Brennan, UFC vet. He uh, beat Joe Daddy Stevenson back in the day and came to cage. He was also in UFC. I think he was. I think he was in Pride. Uh, fought Pat Miltich a couple times. His son Lucas Brennan, undefeated, will be fighting Johnny Soto on the prelims. Dan Moret, I guess, somehow made his way. Dan the Hitman Moret has made his way to Bellator. He just lost to Spike Carlisle. Um, oh wow! In the UFC. The he lost. He lost to Alex White, Jared Gordon, Gilbert Burns. Um, he's here. Cody Law. He's actually a pretty good prospect. Uh, he's six and zero, fighting James Gonzalez. James Gonzalez. Yeah, who's a veteran with a bunch of losses. Alejandra Lara. If not, if not, listen. If nothing else, she has a nice Instagram. She's nine and five. She needs to bounce back. Win act very badly. Um, she lost two in a row. I think she lost like four of her last six after being like a top prospect. Sabah Hamazi, uh, Anatoly Tokov is here. He's kind of a forgotten guy in Bellator. Uh, nothing really crazy. I mean, they have the, you know, Sabatello should roll over Higo. Um, honestly, I'm uh, interested to see what Johnny Eblen does against Gegard. Eblen can, can wrestle, and he, he really tries to chain them together, kind of like Colby. Um, and Gegard's getting old, man. He, he can also get taken down. So, I, you know, I don't know. I'd probably go with Gegard, though, um, in that one. Yeah, that that's probably where I'm at as well. I just I'm gonna go Gegard. Do you think is this Danny Sabatello guy? Is he for real? He's good. Uh, he, you know, he's not much of a finisher, but he definitely he definitely he, he's he's pretty legit, he, dude. He and he also talks a lot of shit. Kind of funny. Kind of you know, <laughs> he's kind of hard to take serious when you look at him. You know, the Italian gangster and his whole spiel. Um, you know, he, he's a decision king. But yeah, I think he's I think he's pretty legit. I like that. He talks a lot, man, and, and he's got a yeah. ni- he got a nice uh, gimmick going on. I don't know if it's he keeps claiming it's not a gimmick, but usually when you say that, it's definitely a gimmick. So you can't have that blonde hair and be walking around like that and tell me you're not you don't have you, it's not a gimmick going on, man. All right, come on, that can't be your real personality, or else you're an absolute douchebag. But he was he, well, yeah, he was talking about Leandro Higo, and he's like he was talking about how he's going to beat him. And he, he was talking about parts of his game, and he says, "You know, he just fucking sucks." And I <laughs> thought that was, I thought that was amazing. I thought it was so. Oh funny. no, he cracks me off, dude. That's like he's like one of the reasons. Like that's why I love the mixed martial arts in general. Like there'll be a guy in some promotion, like like even Bellator, which is a, a upper more higher class, but even like a. KSW, like that dude, our dude Puzinski, man, like that. Oh, man. You, if you get me to watch it, I'm like, what? Like, all right, bro. Like, I'm I'm gonna tune in to see this fucking beefcake get in there and, and fucking throw down, dude. So now today, I'm gonna make sure I'm I'm around the TV when Danny Sabatello is getting in there, man, because I just want to see. Speaking of which, see what the deal is. Our boy Artur Art Artur Spilica made his MMA debut on the on the uh, KSW seventy one. How'd he do? Um, KO slash TKO retirement, three minutes into round two. That's that's a W, baby. We're starting off our career strong. So How does that I'll work in the, middle, in the middle of a round where you just call it quits? You're like, yo, I'm good? Mr. Radchenko must have just been taking too much damage. I mean, listen, Spalika I am done. I, I do not Deontay want to Wild. fight. I do not want to fight no more. <laughs> End the fight he now. Punched me. He punched me. It hurts. He I punched go back me to in my pussy. I... I go back to Ukraine and fight in the war. Jesus, but Spalika, he—I mean—he boxed Deontay Wilder for God's sakes and went to like the eighth round. Like I'm assuming this guy's hands are pretty fucking for real. Um, so yeah, he's he he sent some guy to the shadow realm, uh, Marion Zialkowski, 
beat Sebastian Rajewski. Um, oh my for the one fifty five for the one fifty five right belt, dude. The yeah. KSW lightweight belt. Um, yeah, but I just want to I inter- inter- we'll be, interject. I guess we'll be that. seeing those guys soon in the uh, UFC. Yeah, well, <laughs> but um, PFL too. I mean, nothing really going on. I don't know if you want to. Slightly, no, yeah. PFL's got like a, a kind of uh, I wouldn't say loaded, but it's like a not not a, a not, not, <laughs> no. Card. Listen, no, it's lo- no, no. Stop it. It's loaded. This is a loaded card for, <laughs> for PFL. For right? PF- you got to remember when we're talking about the PFL, we're talking about gas station hot dogs. We're talking about Friday. It, it, you know, it's October. You're in school. You're fucking pissed because it's October. You know, and it feels like it should be the end of the year, but it's Friday. And there's uh, uh, chicken fajitas. And you're like, fuck yeah. Chicken fucking fajita Friday. I'm hyped. That's what PFL's got tonight. <laughs> they got Bruno Capalaza in a main event against uh, uh, Matt Matt Shifley of the Winnipeg Jets, maybe. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> so, come on, Mark Shifley, by the way. I don't Matt. Um, it's Matthias or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, M- M- yeah M- Matthias. <laughs> Mathi- Matisse Thibel. We'll be taking on Bruno <laughs> After speculation of him getting traded, he will be actually headlining this PFL event. Um, Congratulations. No. It's only an 11-fight card. Bruno Capelazza should Thank kill God. this dude. So, so that, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> so the main event should be quick. He's going to fucking put this dude through the fucking ringer. Uh, Anthony Pettis is somehow in the co-main. I feel like he's just going to show up. I don't even know if he's aware that he's in the co-main against Stevie. Don't <laughs> call him. Stevie, don't call me blind man Ray. Um, Clitson Abreu in the feature bout. I honestly, when we were talking about it before we went live, I didn't even see that. He's fighting Henan Ferreira, some big dude. Uh, Chris Wade, Kyle Bokniak. Okay, <laughs> sign me up. Kyle Bokniak, a.k.a. I took a round from Zabit. Yeah. I'm down for that. Shelton Graves. This man looks like he's 50. Uh, the Grave Digger. Wow, that's a great nickname. Um, he's lost two in a row. But... He was in ACA where everybody's juiced up. Now he's in PFL where everybody's juiced up. So obviously, it's a bit different. Um, he's fighting anti Delija. That dude stinks, but you know, Bubba Jenkins, your boy. Bubba Jenkins is back. He's a favorite. He's supposed to come on this podcast, but then he told us, uh, "Fuck no. off." Yeah, he beat Kyle Bokniak in his last fight. Denise Goldsoff in the heavyweight divisions fight Maurice Green. Your oh your boy, God. the Crochet Boss. An he's automatic one, one in a row. W, dude. That guy's an automatic he's one, W. <laughs> he's on a f- one-fight winning streak. He beat Danielle Williams, which I'm not sure if that was a guy or not. But he beat Danielle Williams. Uh, Lance Palmer, Shaman Rice. Okay. Oddly enough, dude, sign me up. That's the, that's the feature prelim. Um, the Michael Jordan of the PFL has lost yes. three in a row. Shaman Rice. This is Jordan on the fucking Wizards <laughs> at this point. Dude, this, is no, this is no good, dude. <laughs> Shane Marais has won three in a row. Something's got to give. Uh, what else? Juan, Juan Adams. Adams has come back from the grave. They put it. They, we buried him when uh, Greg Hardy knocked him out. I even spit on his grave when Justin Toffa knocked him out. <laughs> oh my God. I even pissed on his grave when Austin Lane knocked him out. But we are back. He's fighting Sam Kai K Key K Nine. So disrespectful. <laughs> We are fighting Sam Key. He has a he has a flag that I'm not sure. Oh, he's ta- Tonga. Tongan. That is so disrespectful. Um, Austin Lane. Yeah. Shout out to Austin Lane. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so that's happening. Uh, Alejandro Flores is fighting. He's a pretty good prospect. He's just randomly thrown in here. And then Brennan Lochnane, Lochnane, sorry, yeah, is opening the card. Uh, he did lose that Kabbalayev guy. That dude's a that dude's really good. Yeah, um, this is crazy. This is crazy that you're opening the prelims with this guy because he, he could be in the UFC. He should be. Yeah. Ryoji Kudo is also on this card, and Lochnane beat him. He also beats Shaman Rice within like a minute, and he's also above him on this card. So kind of weird, you know. Obviously, PFL doesn't know what they're doing with uh, the time slots and you know whatnot, but that's fine. They're, they're trying. They're doing their best. Um, Lance Palmer, place, real quickly though, real quick. Sorry, Lance, yeah. Lance Palmer minus one fifty is kind of a nice bet. So that there's there's your pick of the night for uh, <laughs> for PFL. Wow, we're taking Lance Palmer off off the three fight skid. Because it's Shaman Shaman Rice. Rice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. We should put a parlay in where we just take I don't even know. Nah, I don't even know what happened. This this yeah, don't do that. This is taking place at the overtime elite arena in Atlanta, Georgia. I guess a G League team has their own arena. That's pretty cool. Uh or I don't know what is that the basketball league that overtime elite that they win every year? Yeah, that's basketball actually tournament. exactly what it is, but they win their they win a, they run a random tournament and they get in their own arena. Jesus. Uh, yeah. That's enough of PFL for the week. I don't know where this is. It's just some some arena somewhere down in Atlanta. <laughs> just build it in a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a nice place, though. So, uh, shout out All to right, the time you lead arena where I don't, Let's get... uh, I don't know who plays here, though. What, what is this? Yeah, just, this is literally the overtime. Fights. Like, I guess it's like uh, the high school... Is that what overtime you lead is? I don't even know, bro. Who cares? So, let's keep it moving. Take us home. Yeah. Armin Sarukian. Matus Gamrot, which blew my mind that this is the main event <laughs> still to this day. I cannot believe it. But this card, honestly, is not that bad. I would give it a C-plus on the uh, on the rankings uh, system but uh, on the day before the fights. But not a lot of bets here. Let me just say that. So that's, that's why we're not going to spend that much time uh, going sifting through this. There are a few, though. Armin Sarukian is minus 260. Matus Gamrot. Plus two thirty. I, I I like Sarukian, man. I think he's tough. I, I think I think he. I don't know, man. I think he dominates this fight, to be honest. But what do you think? Yeah, I think he should. Um, I, I think I'm probably. It's funny because when I first saw Sarukian fight, um, he was like I think twenty two, and he fought Islam Makhachev, and he lost. He lost every round, but it, you know. He was scrambling. He was doing a lot of pretty. He was doing a lot of good things. He looked really good in there. Like he looked the best you could look uh, in route to a thirty twenty seven loss. You know that that was just a tough debut, man. Like he he's coming in here after fighting you know Junior Sunsau and Felipe Olivieri, who I've honestly heard of on the regional scene or uh, in, in Europe. He fought some guys with with records. You know they weren't they weren't zero and five or anything, but they they weren't good. Um, and he looked good. He looked okay against Makachev, and then he dominates OAM, your boy. And uh, you know he's been dom- gangster. He's been dominating everybody since Davi Hamos, Matt Frivola, Christos Yagos. Joel, but the, the the last two fights, the Yagos and the Joel Alvarez fight, stick out to me because he smoked Yagos with a left hook and then finished him. And Joel Alvarez, he busted him open with one of the nastiest cuts I've seen yep. in a minute. That elbow was vicious. He just he, he postured up. He looked away. He kind of relaxed himself, and then he came over the top with a slicing elbow. 
and it was disgusting. And then, you know, he just he finished him off in the second round. And those are two pretty good fighters. Like, I don't, you know, Christos Yagos is kind of a meme, but that's just because he's been around. It seems like he's been in the UFC forever, and he has been. He's been in the UFC since 2014 when he was fighting Gilbert Burns and Josh Emmett, like <laughs> Charles Oliveira and Tricar Close. He's still a pretty good fighter. He'll put away Sean Soriano's of the world. You know what I mean? He'll beat Demir Hadzovic. But, um, you know, the fact that he didn't decision these two guys, he finished them in the first and second round, shows to me that he's turning a corner. He's only 25. Uh, and he can kind of be, you know, if he can if he can have that nasty side to him all the time, he's dangerous, man. And his, his striking's improving. Uh, I like Matush Gamrod a lot. Um, you know, his fight with Kudaladze was good. Off of that, he smoked Jeremy Stevens with a Kimura, and he smoked Scott Holtzman and Diego Ferrer. But, you know, not amazing win. Scott Holtzman, I think, retired after that. Jeremy Stevens is, I think, it was he in PFL, right? Yep. <clears throat> and Diego Ferreira, you know, we haven't really seen much from him lately. So, you know, I think maybe Gamera might be a little overrated by people, and I think this might be a <clears throat> similar to Kudaladze. I think a lot of those guys kind of get overrated, you know, Polish fighters, other European fighters. Like they have Eastern a lot European of wins. fighters, yeah, I think you're right. Well, they have the 20 and, 20 and 1 record, but and, and, and you know that they're good. Like, you've seen the fight, and you're like, oh, you know, he's legit. He just he just had a, a tough split loss. I, I like Gamera. I think this is a little too much for him. I, I got Saruki, and um, I think this might be another decision, but, you know, I don't know with him. He, he gets better every fight, so I can see him finishing uh, Gamera early. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just more of a Sarukian uh, take as opposed to a like Gamrot not being good enough. Uh, I do think Sarukian could get the finish, uh, and that's probably what I'll wind up betting because the 260 is a little too much. So plus 150 yeah. inside the distance is probably what I'm going to do. I'm probably I'm going to let everyone know ahead of time. I'm going to lose a lot of money probably on the, on this card just because of how last week's card went and how you know all the finishes. I know there's no way they can repeat all that. But that we, you know, we go down swinging here on the Shoulder Strikes MMA podcast. We don't play games. We don't wait around, and we don't call our mommies. Okay, we 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 just nope. we, we just buckle in. All right, we we call up Wells Fargo. We call up TD Bank, <laughs> and we say, "Listen, I'm going to need a loan. All right, I'm going to need. I'm going to have to pull, freeze my account. All right, and then you." Call up a guy in Saudi Arabia and you say, "I want to join your golf tournament," and uh, they, they say no. And, you know, it's a whole thing. So, yeah, we're gonna go Sarukian. Uh, we're gonna go. I'm gonna go inside the distance, but I, I think Sarukian in a parlay is probably the best bet. That, that that's probably what I'm gonna wind up doing. Dabble a little bit on inside the distance, but Sarukian. This is probably gonna be a parlay card. If I uh, if I am being honest with you, and here's one guy I think is a lock: Shavkat Rachmanov. He is minus four hundred on some on some uh, websites. I'm gonna get you some exact numbers right now. We got minus four sixty. Yeah, four sixty, four fifty, four ten, four hundred. So nothing below four hundred right now uh, for Shavkat and uh, Neil Magny. He's fighting Neil Magny. He's no slouch. He's around plus three fifty on a lot of websites. Three hundred, three ninety. So it's bouncing back and forth. Rachmanov inside the distance is plus 150. No, I'm sorry. He's minus 150. I, I have the wrong uh, wrong one here. Minus 150. Sarukian was plus 150. Ra- Rachmanov is minus 150. Do you think he gets it done inside the distance? Um. Yeah. I've seen – we've seen Magni get finished a lot. And, you know, this is – 
big difference here between all the guys he's fought and, you know, the guys that Shavkat's seen. But we we saw Sergio Marais finish Magny. We saw him on the Ultimate Fire season get <clears throat> get elbowed. He's honestly, I think he's been finished with elbows multiple times. Uh, Damian Maya choked him out. Lorenz Larkin knocked him out with elbows. Dos Anjos triangled, arm triangled him. Pons knocked him out with a punch. Um, so we've seen him, you know, take some damage. He's not young. He's been fighting since 2010. I mean, you know, seemingly twice, multiple multiple times a year, three times a year. Um, you know, he's not a slouch. I don't hate him at this line, honestly. If you if if you if you aren't a believer in Shopkot, at least uh, for him to take a step up this big, yeah, I, you know, if you think Shopkot, if you want to see him pass the first or second round, and you think maybe Magny can catch him late. Or you know, steal some rounds late. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't blame you for taking a shot on this at all. I mean, it's a, it's a really wide line, but um, you know, Magny by points plus five hundred, not that bad. Um, I don't know what I would go with submission or TKO for Shavkat because you know he's kind of hard to predict in the way that in, in, in ways that Chimaev is also hard to predict. You know, I mean, when he got in the UFC, he guillotined Alex Oliveira. Like nobody saw that coming. That was so surprising. You know, Alex Conway Oliveira isn't the best fighter in the world, but we talked about it earlier, you know, when he fought Kevin Holland. He's fought some of the best. You know, I mean, he did, he did just lose in in BF Mr. Cage fight music show to Michelle Silva. That did just happen like a week ago. But um, at the time, though, I mean, he wasn't really, you know, he wasn't losing to, to guys like that. He wasn't getting submitted, you know, either. I mean, Gunnar Nelson might have submitted him, but. We didn't expect Shavkat to do that. So for him to just burst on the scene like that, and then he did the same thing to Michelle Prescheris, I mean, no, he doesn't get submitted either. Um, and then Carlson Harris is kind of a bum, but he just looked – he's just scary. He's scary. And just hearing what people say about him, he gets hyped up from everybody. Everybody talks – how people talk about um, Chimaev is how they talk about Rachmanov also. He just – he hasn't been on the scene as long. I think this is definitely the his coming out party. People are gonna people are gonna notice he's the he's the future guy at 170. I'm all about it because I think him and Chimaev are on a collision course. Yeah. Uh, and at some point, these two are gonna have to get in there and figure out who the number one prospect is. Absolutely, Nomad, the Kazakhstan from assholes Uzbekistan. There you go. Here is the number one fight of the card, though. That This is what I, I actually did this podcast for. I wanted to talk to you about this. Alan Boudot versus Josh Parmesan-Parisian getting in there in a 265 heavyweight battle. I'm going Josh Parisian because I think Alan Boudot stinks. And that, that that's where that ends. I mean, losses to Parker Porter and, I mean, Tom Aspinall, no joke. But uh, I believe Nascimento finished him. Or did he fit? I don't remember. This is a no contest on here, but uh, I, I'm not sure how that fight ended. But me either. I don't remember, and I don't care to be honest. Josh Parisian, uh, just uh, I, I am about as anti Alan Budo as it can get. The, the Black Samurai. Yeah, that, that's it. And, and this number is very suspect, and it makes me worry. But hey, what are you gonna do? I'll, I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go to your betting, your booking, and you're going to bet Alan Badeau money line. That's what you're going to no do. No way. Josh Parisian stinks. Come on, man. Josh Parisian is coming off a loss where he got elbowed from crucifix, and he could not move. He could not move from the top pressure of Don Tail Maze. 
the Lord Kong. And before that, he almost lost to Roque Martinez. Yeah. Almost. And he, and he and before that, he fought Parker Porter and got laid on. Okay? And before that, he beat Chad Johnson. Good for him. He beat Ocho Cinco. You know, like, Josh Parisian's a bum. And I'm not trying to say Alan Badeau's not, because he also is. Alan Parker Porter did the same thing to him, too. But, you know, <laughs> he fought Dolce on the regional scene, and he got knocked down 20 seconds. So... I don't really have much to really hype him up, but it seems like in, in the fights I've noticed, in the little bit I've noticed, I think his stand-up's better. I think he can do more standing up. I think he can punch better than Josh Parisian. And for a lack of better analysis, that alone is enough for me to take him. I think if it stays standing, he's the better fighter. And I don't think it goes to the ground because I don't think Josh Parisian – I mean, I saw Josh Parisian get dominated by Dontel Mays. I can't say that he's going to take somebody down with authority. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I, I'm honestly a little, <laughs> I don't want to say I'm confident in Alan Badeau, but, um, it's a slot fest. So I got to go with the side, you know, a heavyweight slot fest. Give me Alan, uh, what's his nickname? The black samurai Badeau. Yeah. Don't bet this fight, but, uh, that I am going Josh Parisian. <laughs> Definitely so, not. Uh, let me just go out there and say that. <laughs> wow. Here is a classic, an absolute barn burner for the people out there. Tiago Moises. All of your favorite fighters versus Christos Gallegos, who we just talked about here uh, early on, who has <laughs> taken some L's to some of these guys that are involved in this main uh, main event, or one of the guys. But Moises minus 250, Gallegos plus 200. Moises coming off a loss, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I believe he just yeah, two, I believe two he lost Joel to Joel Alvarez. Uh, Alvarez hit with that, um, that upper elbow. Book. That elbow up book. Yeah. yeah, okay. So... What do you like here? I, I, I mean, I like Moises, but I'm probably not going to bet it with confidence. Yeah. So it seems like a lot of guys we talk about in one part of the podcast, we have to we circle back to. It's happened like six times already, at least with me, Kevin Holland, um, somebody else, Sarukian, and now, um, and now Moises or uh, Christos Yagos. Uh, I think yeah, Moises does whatever he wants to. I think he's just better in every, um, every which way. I think it's kind of a bad matchup for Yagos. Um, I'm not sure if Moises finishes him, but I think he does. I think he gets a, a nice comeback statement win here. Not really much else to say. Yeah, let's keep it moving. So next is, I believe, Umar. Umar. Yes, Dr. Umar. Dr. Umar, not that Dr. Umar. Cousin of, cousin, right? Some Yeah, cousin of uh, Khabib. Some sort of, yeah. Fighting Nate Maness, which, I mean, 14-1 versus 14-0. You would not expect the odds to be the way they are, but they are the way they are. Minus 950, 1,000 on, on some of these websites to a Nate Maness who is plus 600, 650 on some of these cards. They think this is going to be a one one side of the fair. What what think you, Mr. Capone? <laughs> Nate Maness, leader of the free world. Um, I'm just saying Nate Maness inside the distance is plus 1100. I mean, you got to figure if he's going to get a win, that's like how he's got to do it, right? He's not going to, he's not going to win the decision and all of his wins are finishes. He knocked out Tony Gravely, choked out Luke Sanders, um, regional scene. They were all finishes pretty much. I, you know, I don't, I don't know how he gets it done here. I, I, I will say I don't think Umar is is as uh as, is good, as good as some yeah, yeah I, don't, I agree. I, I don't think he's as good as the odds and, and and other things say. You know, 
his, yeah, his win over Sergey Morozov was nice, but Morozov gets finished sometimes. Um, you know, and he beat Kelleher, but Kelleher honestly just quit. It was kind of pathetic. I do like him again, but like when I watched him in PFL, he, he had that one PFL fight, or he had a couple. He didn't look great. Um, eh, I, I thought that Jack Shore fight would have been really good if that would have ended up happening. You know, I really am not opposed to people taking Nate Maness in this situation. It's just a, it's it's a crazy line to me. I mean, it's just it's way too big. It's way too big. And it, honestly, you know, he might come out here and just take him down and destroy him and run through him. And that's what I think he'll do in the first round. But I could see Maness putting up a fight. We'll just it, it, it depends. You know, which one, which uh, version of Nate Maness shows up. So either way, I think he's kind of fucked. But I would not be you know fault you for taking a shot at him inside the distance plus eleven hundred. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, Nurmagomedov inside the distance is minus 140. Win by decision is plus 164 or 165, 170. So I like that decision, to be honest. That that would probably be my bet. But mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, I, I would stay away from this. That that number is way too crazy. And if anything, you want to dabble, have a little fun, bet, bet Nate Maness and, and root against the Dagestani, then I don't, yeah. I don't fault you at all. This is a intriguing bout here. Chris Curtis and Hadolfo Vieira, the black belt hunter. Uh, odds are very, very, very close to uh, middle. Saw plus one ten for Hadolfo, minus one thirty for Chris Curtis. I like Chris Curtis here. Hmm. Hmm. It doesn't sound like you do. <laughs> um, I, I like, uh, I like Hadolfo. I took him at plus. Or I didn't take him when I was going to take my my mythical bets that aren't being placed because of my uh, credit card situation. Um, I like it off a money line. I think he gets it done if it goes a distance. I like him standing up. I think he has some power in his hands. I don't think that's where he should stay. Um, I mean, if it gets in any kind of grappling situation, I think Chris Curtis is fucked, royally fucked. Adolfo's gas tank definitely worries me a little bit, but um, I think he has a clear advantage in one in a, in a big part of this uh, fight. And I think he gets it to the ground somehow, and after that, Chris Curtis is cooked. Um, but you know, if he stays standing long enough, he's gonna get hurt, and he might uh, he might start diving across the octagon for takedowns, and then that that's when you know he's done. So, uh, give me Adolfo though. I'm gonna trust his, I'm gonna trust the black belt hunter. All right, I, I don't feel confident in this. Let me just say that, but I am going Chris Curtis. I just don't trust Adolfo Vieira. He he's got about three minutes in him before it's all over. And, yeah, and I like Chris. So Curtis. we all has yeah. Well. Uh, I'm a champion, so I, I have I have 25 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> Tefan and Shukwi, Carlos Olberg. This is another one your where all, all the people have come and get around the TV, grab the popcorn, grab your grab your favorite beverage, get around the TV, and let's see what is going on here. What do we have? Do I, I like Carlos Olberg here. All right. Uh, who's the underdog? Olberg. Carlos Olberg. Um I want to go to Fon, man. I just i i don't like I don't like his game. I I don't like Olberg either. No, I don't like either <laughs> one of these guys. Let me say that these are probably two of the worst fighters in the UFC, at least especially at light heavyweight. I don't know, man. Um, I'm going to go to Fon just because I think he has better wins. He knocked out William Knight in CFFC. I know it was a while ago. He beat Jamie Pickett. He beat Mike Rodriguez again. Not great wins. Olberg might be one of the more handsome fighters in the UFC if he's not number one. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Fabio Chiron offered zero pushback. He just gave no fight. I mean, he's the, the, the water buffalo. buffalo. Might as well just lay over and let everybody kick him. I mean, that guy oh stinks. Oh, my God. 
he might as well just lay on the fucking lay in the water and just sit there and lay in his own shit. <laughs> and you know that guy on the contender series that Olberg knocked out at Bruno Oliveira, kind of a bum. Yeah, he has I, the- is that <laughs> that wasn't necessary? <laughs> lay in his own shit. <laughs> it mean- was all right. It was. Uh, Mr. Marvel is here. I think he's got the kickboxing background. Uh, he goes to city kickboxing, so you know I hope he gets his uh, head split in half. But I can't trust Tafan, so definitely don't bet this fight. I'm going to pick Tafan and Chukwe by finish. I think he's going to hurt Olberg and have him uh, panicking. Oh, boy. That, it looks like me and you are starting to split here. <laughs> We're going it's, our separate ways. Not, not looking good. Let's hope we get back to the middle at some point. Uh, up here, TJ Brown. Uh, and Mr. Nerdenbeek, I believe, is uh, how how you say that man's name. He's got forty six professional fights. Which is probably crazy. more. Probably that's only we only know about half half of them. TJ Brown going down, or I guess he has been at forty five. They, they have him at, at, at ranked at lightweight, but uh, I don't know. Kai Kamara, right, yeah, so, Charles Rosa is so, a forty five or so. I don't know what what we're talking about here. So Shylin Nerdenbeeke. Okay. In 2020, he fought a guy named Nerdambike Bahatian. Bahatian. Okay? And he beat him. Now, I want to rewind all the way back to 2016, like 50, uh, 30 fights prior, he fought this guy before, and he lost. <laughs> so, Nerdambike had a, has fought another guy named Nerdambike. That, that's what pretty much goes on. Got Von Fluchuk. In... That's what goes on in these uh, Chinwu men. Chinwu men is the organization that he fights in mostly. Um, sure. He's not very good, I don't think. I don't think he's really a UFC fighter. I know he beat Sean Soriano, but that guy. That's not a UFC that guy's, fighter either. That guy's been wrestling his whole life and still doesn't know how to defend a takedown. I mean, what the fuck are you doing? Seriously. Give it up. Find a new sport, Sean. Um, his last one before that was Tan Zhao Wang. Who was six and nine? So, not sure what's going on in the JCK Bounty Challenge series, but he has a he has a TKO loss to Zhu Rong. That shows me he's not legit. Uh, he did beat Alexi Olenek, but I don't think it's that Alexi Olenek. No, nope, it's not. It's the other one. All right. Um, TJ Brown. I don't love him. I don't love him at all. I think he's kind of an idiot. But he's coming off two two wins against Rosen Kamaka. The Kamaka fight. I uh, I don't think he won that. Um, and the Chavez fight, for some reason, he let him kick his legs the whole fight. That was stupid. But he looked good against Rosa. I think he honestly does what he wants here. If I could, and I, I remember um, on Bovada, for certain fights, certain cards, certain fights, you can do a specific submission prop. If I could find arm triangle choke, I will Venmo you, cash app you, sell you, whoever you are. Find me an arm triangle prop bet for TJ Brown, and I will bet on that. Give me TJ Brown arm triangle choke first round. I like it. I'm going TJ Brown as well. And probably inside the distance. So I need I need like plus a thousand on like an arm triangle choke. I need it. Yeah, we gotta get start getting the exact uh, submission props going on here on these Please. websites. Uh returning from the land of wind and ghost, Holly and Paiva is getting back in there <laughs> against Sergey Morozov. This is a uh, interesting bout, plus one thirty for uh, Holly and Paiva around plus one fifty to one sixty to uh, Morozov. You like Morozov here? Yeah, I do. I think the line probably should be wider. Um, let's see what it is. 
155. Yeah, I think it'd be like 200-ish. He was beating the shit out of Douglas Silva de Andrade, and then he choked. He blew it. You know, it happens. Uh, Umar choked him out also. I mean, those are two tough guys. One, he had to fight in the bag. Uh, Movzar Evloev finished him back in the day also. What are you going to do? I like Morozov a lot. I think Paiva coming up from 125 is going to be I, – I guess he's been at 135 for – he fought O'Malley and Phillips there. But yeah. he's he you know he's naturally 125. I know he's tall and all, but he doesn't have much punch resistance. Um, I mean, Kyler Phillips had him dead in the first round. O'Malley finished him. Bonserine killed him in the first round with a cut. That happened really early too. That was an early do- doctor stoppage. So, you know – Give me Morozov. I think he cruises. I think he can take him down. I think he beats him standing up. I think he beats him anywhere. JP, don't call me Cheyenne Bays getting in there. <laughs> minus 115 against Cody Durden, who is a wrestling god apparently at minus 105. Uh, I don't I, I don't know who I like here. I think I lean Durden, but I'd like to hear what you have to say. Oh, man. It's tough. I don't, I don't like either don't like one either of either these one. guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do not bet this fight, but uh, I know. think I'm gonna go I think I'm gonna go JP Bays because I think he I think he uh, <laughs> I wanna say I think he's better, but I don't know if he's better. I think he just might be not as dumb as Cody Durden. But then again I think he might be. It's a really weird fight. I really like the fight doesn't go the distance. It was minus minus one oh five or minus one fifteen, which I thought was crazy. Both of these guys, if you look at their wins and losses, they pretty much go balls to the wall. They get finishes uh, they end up in crazy predicaments all the time. There's <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook. <laughs> Pretty wild. I don't know who, who wrote this up. There's a bet that says, it's, it's keep my wife's name out of your mouth. JP Bays to win by KO slash TKO slash DQ in round one or two plus two plus 550. Is um, guy talking about his wife? Well, no. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I know he, he that's had a, a wife. Cra- that's a got- crazy prop name. I know, I know he just divorced his wife. There's also Sean O'Malley's son. Holly and Piva to win by KO, TKO, DQ in round one or two, plus 475. That's just disrespectful. It's extremely disrespectful. <laughs> Call him his son. I mean, I get it. He kind of is. But anyway. Um, <laughs> fuck. Actually, I'm, I'm switching. I'm going JP Bays. I think okay. you're right. Durden's a moron. I- Bays lost to Montel Jackson and Bruno Silva. Those are tough losses. Um, I mean, he doesn't have any good wins. He lost to that guy, Joby Sanchez, in the Contender Series, which, you know, uh, woof. Cody Durden, though, you know, coming off that Mokayev guillotine loss, I mean, he just let him. It's like he had money on Mokayev. He got flying arm triangled or flying triangle by Jimmy Flick. Granted, that was sick, but you can't let that happen. Um, I don't know how he went to a draw with. Chris Gutierrez. I don't know how that happened, but um, yeah, I don't trust this guy, Cody Dirt and all. Give me JP Bays. The bet on this, the bet on this fight, honestly, one of the bets of the card is that the fight does not go to the distance, or you can do under two and a half at plus money. Uh, I think this, whoever wins, it's it, it's ending early. Is what I'll say. I like that. Uh, Brian Kelleher, Brian Boom Kelleher versus Mario Bautista. Bautista minus one seventy. Kelleher plus 145-150. I like Mario Bautista. I refuse to bet Kelleher these days. What, yeah, don't what do say it. you? Yeah, you, you agree? Yeah, he, he looked he really I didn't like how he looked against Nurmagomedov in his last fight. He quit. I know it's it's tough and yeah, the rear naked choke was coming, but he just didn't he didn't, he didn't look good. He hasn't really looked good lately. I mean I, <clears throat> beating Kevin Krum and Domingo Pilarte, they're out of the UFC, I think both of them, so 
So is Ray Rodriguez and Hunter Azure. You know, that's, those are his last wins, all guys that are gone. Uh, if this line was a little wider, I honestly would, wouldn't blame you for taking a shot on Keller because, I, I, you know, I like Batista, but he couldn't get Jay Perrin, Jay Perrin out of here, and, that you know, that was kind of a red flag. Um, I like him, but I don't love him as a prospect. But I definitely think he gets it done. I definitely think he gets it done. I could, he should finish him. Probably won't. But um, give me Batista's decision. And to round it out, Jin Yufrey. Oh. This is an absolute this is my better card. Versus my girl, Vanessa Demopoulos. Um, the stripper. The stripper. And a huge fan of the community, I am. But uh, yeah. I think I'm going to go Vanessa Demopoulos here. I know that uh, she's a big, yeah. she's an underdog, but uh, I, I don't know. I just, Jin Frey doesn't do it for me. Listen, if you look at her topology picture, she looks scary, all right? She's jacked. She's 37. Ashley her last Yoder? Two wins, her, la- her last two wins were against against girls who gave her zero resistance. Ashley Yoder was a perfect matchup for her because there's nothing she could do. Uh, if Jin Fry fought Hannah Goldie, I mean, good Lord, Hannah, 24K would have went down. Gloria De Paula, we talked about earlier. Bum. She doesn't really give you much. And she almost she almost, she almost beat Jin Fry. She took the second round and somehow, somehow fucking blew it in the third when she got taken down. It was a toss-up. And before that, listen, I'll say this. Vanessa Demopoulos, this, this, uh, this is all I will say. Vanessa Demopoulos, was what, she was getting her ass beat by um, Silvana Gomez-Juarez, and then she armbarred her. She made her UFC debut against J.J. Aldridge. That's, that's tough, man. That's tough to do. But on the regional scene, she has experience. She fought Corey McKenna. She fought Loopy, and she almost beat Loopy. She has a win over Sam Hughes, inverted triangle choke, in the fourth round. I mean, that's, that's something, you know, for, especially being early in your career to do that. So that's got to be something. Jinyu Fry got triangle armbarred by Kay Hansen. That's all I gotta know. That's all I gotta see. That's all I gotta know. Vanessa Demopoulos inside the distance plus six hundred. Cash it in. Jesus, I'm not betting that, but I am gonna go Vanessa Demopoulos. Give me the, just give me the money line. Armbar. If you can, hey, whoever found me, if you can find me, our, TJ TJ Brown tri, uh, arm triangle, I will parlay it with Vanessa Demopoulos armbar. And you will. You're getting close to that Tesla at that point. Oh, uh, yeah, and that's just two legs. I'm telling you, I think it's happened. I mean, listen, I could see Jin Fry just keeping her range and, and, and outboxing her and winning a decision, but she's not young. She's not very good. I'm not saying Demopolis is great, but she's a dog, nicknamed Little Monster. I don't think she – I think she's uh, – she might even be bigger than Jin Fry. No, she's, I think she's a little smaller. Um, yeah, similar height, similar reach. I don't – I just don't really – the line shouldn't be what it is, I don't think. That's it. UFC Vegas 58 or 9. Which one? That's it. Um, uh, 8? I think it's – yeah. I want, I want to say yeah. Honestly, it doesn't really matter. Eight. But uh, yeah, is there anything else you want to you talk about before we get out of here? Uh, there's a – Saturday There's in the day, there's a car in France, A-R-E-S it's called. There's a guy. He's 14-1, Abdul Abdurragimov. Uh, he's only 26. The Lazy King. Love that nickname. He's a stud. He has a bunch of arm triangles and bravo chokes and rear nakeds. And, uh, he even lost because he hit somebody in the back of the head. He got a no contest for it. So uh, he's, a, he's a stud. He looks really good. 
he fought in Brave CF a couple of times, so he, he kind of has that experience. You know, he's got that regional scene experience. It's different nowadays. You know, you don't have to fight zero and four guys unless you're in Brazil to get to the top. So he's he's climbing his way through France. He's fighting for the one seventy pound belt. Watch out for him if he uh, ever gets signed. If he wins this fight, he probably should get signed. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Boxing. There's not much boxing. Yeah. So. We had, listen. There's a, there's a lot of fight, fights going on tonight. Better be yeah, have, all, better be have knocked out uh, Joe Smith that in the was, first round or second round. That was that crazy. Was, that was cold. Yeah, that as in like Joe Smith went cold. Those Russians, man. You know, Oof, don't play no games with boxing. Them. Absolutely not. Um, Cowboy Cerrone, Jim Miller. Yeah, I like that better than Joe Lozon. They moved O'Malley off the main of or off the main card. I heard. Yeah, that's crazy. He's he's, he's going to be the feature prelim uh, on ABC, which they're going to need though, because um, I've I've been hearing that the UFC is getting a push from ESPN to get their ratings up in the second half of the year. Apparently, in the first half, uh, UFC did not do that well. I don't know how. Um, maybe because ESPN Plus sucks. I don't know. Well, maybe their but, cards are so shitty that that it's like. Yeah. Hey, listen. Last week was a banger. All right. We need more well, of that. Like, so hopefully. People like me and you are always going to watch, but I think the the casuals, like for a lot of the the card this past weekend, I had to beg to get it on the TV where I was at. I was like, "Come on, guys!" Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like I, I want to watch it, and they're like, "No, dude, the the Phillies are on. This is on. That's on." I'm like, "All right, whatever, dude. Then turn it on." But <laughs> yeah. I watch it on my phone here in the corner, fucking scumbags. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is. We will be back next week for a breakdown of next week's card which i believe do we have a fight night next week or is it a yes, we do. do we have a do we have a we have it's a the, pay-per-view um, card right not next week i don't week, think it's but... 275 it's the one before 276 it's um uh no it is no 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 it's next week's yeah, a pay-per-view no, right that's what i thought yeah yeah july 2nd okay fuck yeah we're gonna have a huge 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 breakdown listen i'm gonna be betting on this card all right i'm coming back there you go. Which means money is to be lost. We'll be losing some money. There'll be a bit, lot, lots of, uh, lot, lots of. I mean, there's a lot of great fights in that car. There'll be a lot of bets. Ian to Gary make. fight week. Come on now. Is it Ian Gary? Who's he fighting? Right. Uh, I forget. He's, he's only Gabe Green. He's only minus one fifty. Gabe Green. Also, so. That's right. Gabe Green. Yeah. He. he this he, might be the week uh, that Ian Gary gets put to the land of winning ghosts. <laughs> it's gonna Maybe. happen. It's gonna happen, dude. I, at some point, I, I have no faith in this guy. So. Yeah, that's that for me. Uh, Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast brought to you by the Hot Take Hotbox. My name is Matt McSweeney. Ty, what do you have to say to the people before we get out of here? Go Birds. Go Birds. Thank you for listening, everyone.